future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hello, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360 Karma. Well, we are next week going to have some incredible guests, as we always do, and that is going to be Amy Siegel, the producer-director of uh, Freedom to Marry, the movie, and uh, you will not want to miss that, as well as Vanice Reeder, who's also a producer-director, but also involved with a very important uh, nonprofit that helps inner-city kids. So if you don't want to miss any episodes, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or download us on your podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio or one of your popular podcast apps. Uh, today, we have an incredible UBN host from uh, here at Universal Broadcasting System, Dr. Marissa Pei. And later in the show, we're going to have renowned speaker, author, and speech coach, Mimi Donaldson. So stay tuned for that. Right now, please give a warm welcome to Dr. Marissa Pei. Yay! Yay! Hi, Dr. Marissa. How are you? I'm happy and grateful. Yeah. Thank you. How are you? How does it feel to be in the hot seat? It's warm. <laughs> it's a little warm down here. <laughs> and and it, very excitingly so, you just arrived from uh, India. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was uh, very blessed and grateful to... I went there to receive an award. I got the 2017 Iconic Woman of the Year. Wow. Uh, bettering the World. Oh and, my gosh, you uh, go from girl. From the Women's That's Economic awesome. Forum, I got to speak with them. I had a little side gig um, doing some consulting for MasterCard, but the highlight of the trip was getting to warp young Indian minds with a couple hundred of uh, underprivileged children in an NGO literacy in India. and. Uh, let, getting to look each one of them in the eye and tell them that they can do anything their heart and mind uh, I love can, that. Can what good work do. you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. It's part of my piecework around the planet. I like to balance out the, the professional stuff with uh, yeah. piecework. Speaking of uh, balance, that's the name of your show, yes. Get Balanced with Dr. Marissa yes, Pei. It's actually Take right. My Advice. I'm not using I'm it. I'm not using it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Get Balanced with Dr. Marissa. Very clever. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Um, so uh, so you're giving your advice, but you're not using it? Yeah, I bet you're using it. Uh, depends on the day. <laughs> it depends on the day. I'd yeah. say 88% of the yeah. time, I use my own advice. The, the good thing is with advice, we can give it away and still have it. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So um, tell me about your, your path to all the good work that you're doing. And uh, uh, I know not only do you have a radio show here on UBN, but also your- CNBC uh, News Radio right? on KCAA and- iHeartRadio, yep. and, and uh, it's wonderful being able to splatter hope and happiness yeah. everywhere I go and on the airwaves, so I'm really grateful for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and every one of us has this journey to where we're, uh, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're spreading joy and happiness and hope to uh, people around the world, mm -hmm. and, and, and let's look at what what is your background that brought you to this incredible work that you're doing? I know you told mm -hmm. me that you grew up in a tiny town in Canada. Yes. Uh, one of the only Chinese families there. The only. The only. Yes. The only. <laughs> and um, that had to have been 
really kind of uh, a, a, a difficult time for you, mm -hmm. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Well, challenging, I should say. Yeah, and in in every challenge, there is the opportunity to grow. And I really have gotten to the point, and I'm glad that I can say that all the things that have happened to me in my life, good and bad, have mm -hmm. helped shaped me into who I am. And that is, like all of us, unique and uh, perfect, imperfectly perfect right. individuals, spiritual right. beings having a human experience. So in growing up in that very uh, homogenous environment, I understood what it meant to be different. And mm -hmm. different in those days was not good. Still to these days, difference is not exactly something that people say, oh, yay, you're different. Yeah. Usually different is met with uh, cynicism, skepticism, fear, mm -hmm. ignorance, Don't you think prejudice. it depends on the person? Because, like, I welcome diversity mm -hmm. you're, and different you're weird. In character. <laughs> <laughs> you're a good weird. A good weird. And, and That's my why guess, I live in Los Angeles. Yes, <laughs> and my guess is your yeah. diverse background yes. and your choices have also made you into the valuing diversity yes. person I think the are. challenge of being gay does uh, make me more empathetic yes. and more interested in minorities. Yes, uh, yes. Because I know what it's like to, to mm -hmm. have that battle and, and being that's different. Why, and that's yeah. why I have no regrets because yeah. growing up different and understanding that uh, when people chase you in a stairwell and say Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these and you cry and you go home and your father says, you know, I never should have left China, you know, and, and you and you and you begin to be embarrassed about who you are right. and then lie about who you are. People right. would say you look Hawaiian. I say yes. And yes. so I, it, it's a, a right. beautiful looking back which you get to do as you get older mm -hmm. although i'm ageless uh, looking at <laughs> how too. all those experiences you know because i was embarrassed and did not want to embrace my chinese roots then and then going through all of the understanding and growing uh through you know looking at myself and and understanding mm -hmm. that i am perfect whole and complete and looking uh, and understanding that i am loving loved and lovable and that being chinese has this wonderful dimension that adds to my work and mm -hmm. adds to who I am and adds to how I am able to relate to other people, then you don't regret it. And so, you know, I do valuing diversity workshops. Yeah. I, yes. I design valuing diversity because and you wouldn't be doing that work correct. if it wasn't for your background correct. and your struggles. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that's I, a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 To grow from, to you know, if life were easy, if life were always happy, yeah. there'd be no growth. Right. So we, and we would wouldn't never even know what happy was if Correct. we didn't no have contrast. the opposite. Yeah. No contrast. Yeah. yeah. I relate so much to what you're saying. This is like so resonating with me about, mm -hmm. um, you know, just and everybody has their own thing. And yes. for me, it was being gay and, and, and not wanting to share that with everybody. Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, at, at one point feeling ashamed and stuff, yeah. and then realizing, like you said, when you get to a, a, a place in your life that you accept who you are and embrace it, yeah. and say, "Oh my it's gosh, I'm actually happy about right. this." Right. It's such a great feeling to get to that place mm -hmm. where you own it and feel great about it, mm -hmm. and then it does help you to help other people who are struggling. Absolutely. Because I still have friends and I know people that uh, struggle with their various things, yeah. whether they're a minority or gay or whatever they are, right. um, and they they are. And I hate to see people struggle because I just wish I could share with them that the gift is that when you are authentically yourself and you embrace yourself and love yourself exactly as you are, that's where the happiness is. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and part of it is we, and, and the reason why I called you weird, was <laughs> because it is normal to 
try to find out what's wrong. It's yes. normal as a human being. My background is clinical, even mm-hmm. though I'm an organizational psychologist. It's it's very normal to try to find out what is wrong. And yes. in finding out what is wrong, you're looking at what is different. But it becomes a bad habit when you're always looking at what's wrong with yourself, what's wrong with other people around you, and then it, because of the law of attraction, you know, that attention to wrong brings more wrong, yes. and then it becomes a vicious circle. So that's why my show's about balancing out all the negative news and the CNN constantly negative news and oh, all the boy, bad things that it? are out there yeah. with let's focus on what's right. What yes. is right with the world? What yeah. is right with you? What is right with me? Because then that focus becomes self-perpetuating. Absolutely. And then more good happens, more, you know, you see the best in yourself, you see the best in others which is why I started the 21-day fast from complaining. I don't ah. know if I told you about that. With Dr. Marissa, it's, we started with 40 people 2011, July 1st. We're now over 8,000 officially signed up, and I know because my numbers are pretty high as far as how much I splatter around the world in over 100 countries now, uh, that there's a lot of people who are aware of trying not to complain yeah. for 21 consecutive days I to try to that. break the habit yes. of only looking for what's wrong. And this forces you to, to sort of stop the habit and then start the new habit because I ask you to replace complaining with gratitude. So there's a lot of people out there now who start their day with eight gratitudes. Uh, I know Dr. Wayne Dyer used to say five gratitudes. I'm an overachiever and eight's <laughs> a lucky number in Chinese. It's a homonym for good fortune. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there and you want to change your life for 99 cents, go and get my app. It's 21 Day Fast from Complaining with Dr. Marissa and begin to be conscious of how negative you are. And I promise that if you start your day with gratitudes for 21 days in a row, your life will change. I absolutely live by that. (laughs) I agree with you. I know you do. And I'm one of those weird people that (laughs) I always look at the positive side. I know, uh, but the majority of people, I do feel they immediately go to the negative. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, isn't it a beautiful day out? And they're like, yes, but I think it's going to rain. Yes, yeah, (laughs) you know, yes. Uh, So that's a really cool thing you did. So you created this app that Mm -hmm. people can download. Teenagers actually created it, and my little four-year-old great niece is the is the actress on the on the promo. Oh, cute! So you'll have to see that on YouTube and. So do they go to the app store to get this? Yes. Yeah. Both okay. stores. Both yeah. stores. Yeah. If, the easiest way to look for it is just to put in Dr. Marissa. I love that. I'm going to download it and tell all my Yay. friends about it. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what made you decide to do that? You saw that uh, it, it does take, obviously, three weeks to make a habit, yes. right? Yeah. That science so, is saying that. You yeah. Know, they say that it takes 21 days. Some yeah. scientists say 28. 42.3% of statistics are made up on the spot. So, yeah. so we don't know exactly the truth on that. But I do know that what you perpetuate grows bigger. What you continue to do grows bigger. So it's your choice whether you want to continue to do something that makes you feel bad Mm -hmm. or continue to do something that makes you feel good. Now, uh, I always say our background lends itself to what we do today, Mm -hmm. and that could be positive or negative. And uh, you had shared with me, besides growing up like the only Chinese kid, you also had, you know, uh, abuse in your home. Yes. And so I think a lot of listeners relate to that. Maybe they grew up with that Mm -hmm. in their household. Mm -hmm. But I always say as you get older and you're not subject to uh, having to be in that household, you do make your own life. And some people choose to never let that go and keep choosing the wrong people. 
And then other people say, recognize and say, oh, I have the power to choose a different Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And that's what you did. Yes. Choice is is our secret weapon in life. The power of choice Mm -hmm. is the difference between choosing to live feeling like you will never catch up. Because if you feel like you are defined by the abuse that you has as, had as a child, you will never feel like life is fair. And, now, and, and it's much better to think that was then and this is now. Here's yeah, your clean but slate, it's, right? But, it, but it's, it's more than a mind thing. And this mm-hmm. is what I do in my life balance coaching. Mm-hmm. It, does, it doesn't make rational sense why people would choose to continue to right. live in that past. Right. But emotionally and heart, you were hurt yes. in a fundamental way. Yes. So when I coach people, it's not like I tell you to put your bootstraps on and get over it. Right. Everyone has to go into that big black hole that we all have, right. dig out the shiitake, <laughs> plant the seed, and then fill it up with the same shiitake as fertilizer. Right. Because what made us is going to grow us. Right. So that same pain if we feel it fully and get to the point, and I have people fly in from all over to go to the beach with me, and in one day, we've been able to go back one last time yeah. and feel it fully mm-hmm. and then rise through it. Right. So it's, 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 not, as, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's simple, but it's not easy. But I'm telling, my, my job in life is to splatter as many people with the hope to know that it is never too late to love yourself. It is never too late to understand that this is your playground, that joy, joy to enjoy, be in joy, and that life is a playground and a joy ride to be absolutely, uh, completely immersed in and to and and to love and and that is the birthright of all of us now we have have this this you know around 10 years old even if you grew up in a a very healthy background Mm -hmm. we have this lie that comes up that somehow we're not good enough worthy beautiful smart enough especially Mm -hmm. women and and we kind of run with that Mm -hmm. and that compounded with if you were one of the seven out of ten psychology research says that did grow up in an unhealthy uh, home oprah Mm -hmm. says it's eight out of ten as Mm -hmm. as high as that Mm -hmm. um and since they call me the asian oprah then i have to agree with her but uh if if you're one of the majority and and the majority of us are doomed to a life that we can't escape because we are heartbroken or Mm -hmm. um completely like not whole because of what happened to us. That's a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are not um, living their lives. And and so if you can, like you say, Mm -hmm. be able to recognize that that I don't want to, I don't want that anymore. Right. I choose differently. I choose to invest in myself and in my life and to know that it can be different. I am not my past pain. I am not my future fear. I am in the present. It is a gift. So open it. Yeah. And I do believe in that saying, the joy is in the present. Mm, Absolutely. It's a gift. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have so many stops on this joy ride of life. I'm just, I'm so blessed. A couple of years ago, I realized that there is no line between work and play for me. My work is my play. My play is my work. And everyone can have that. I always say, if I can't have fun, I don't want to play. Yeah. 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 I'm talking about work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And And the first thing to do is to turn the TV off. 
Stop listening to the media, Mm -hmm. weapon of mass distraction, Mm -hmm. uh, about how horrible things are. And And then people will say, oh, but you have to be informed. Yes, you can be informed. You have to be informed, but you don't have to be obsessed with it or let it take you down. It can uh, just suck the life out of you. Exactly. What I do is um, when I see bad news, Mm -hmm. uh, I go searching for something, uh, good news. Yeah. So every time That's I hear bad news, it's not hard to find. Listen mm-hmm. to my show. Listen to your show. Right, right. right. So, so every time you hear bad news, you go looking for good news to balance it out. I and, like that. and soon, and see, what that will change is, you know, I, I bag on media, even though I'm media, mm-hmm. uh, because we put out what you want to see, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're uh, attracted to the horrific then guess what puts up gets put on right you know if it bleeds it leads right, right? but if we right. as consumers now mm-hmm. say we turn it off i am turning off the bad news and i am gonna look for the good news mm-hmm. then guess what there is there is going to be more programming that mm-hmm. shows the good news the one show i love every week i don't know if you watch it sunday morning it's called cbs sunday morning mm-hmm. they always have Great human interest stories. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't I it be love it. Wouldn't it Why isn't there wonderful? more of that? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Uh, yeah. When every day, yeah, there was a show. A human interest becomes the the trending yeah. topic. <laughs> I mean, really, who doesn't want to? I mean, when you hear these stories, like uh, you know, I think last week they had some handicapped kid who had lost his arm, like half his arms, and he he's like the basketball star of the team. I mm-hmm. mean. This is the kind of story I want to see. Yes. That that human drive that is so miraculous. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, that's... I had um, Frederick, you'll you'll want to go back to my YouTube. He had both of his arms cut off by Rwandan in the Rwandan genocide. And he now has taken that pain and taken that uh, life experience. And he now has opened a rehabilitation center in Rwanda Beautiful. for people like him. So those are the kinds of guests that I have on my show. Right. Because I love when people go through shiitake and go through pain and go through what would be called tragedy and alchemize it into Something the blessing positive. and the gift to be able to help and make them a beneficial presence on the planet. And that's, uh, and that's you. Uh, because and that's you. you you started off thank mm-hmm. you you started off with the uh, you know the the prejudice and the uh, the abuse in the home yes you then had a challenging marriage yes I did because we often take our stuff into the relationship yes I right? was looking yeah. you know you choose what you know yes and you also choose to try to resolve what didn't work yes so those are two things of how we pick and that's why our pickers most of us are broken there's a beautiful book called um, getting the love that you want by Harville Hendricks who I'm gonna have oh, on yeah, my I love show Harville yeah. Hendricks. <laughs> and he um, him and the Dalai Lama are the only two people I haven't got on my show that on my original list but um, he uh, has this exercise in the back of the book that that sort of you pick the qualities that you liked and you didn't like about your primary caretakers mm-hmm. and then you look Look at the qualities that you picked in the person that you're in a relationship with. Like, right oh up. man, it was yeah. one of those. Yeah. But anyways, I do not regret the marriage. I have two beautiful, beautiful girls, yeah. uh, Chloe May, May and Sarah Way, and I could have only had them with this particular man. Right. And so again, just like the abuse, just like the whatever it is, the, the, you grow from it, you expand from it, you yes. learn from it. Right. And my husband was an important part of my uh, um, growth, f- growing into 
who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, what a, what better way to 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 become a powerful being on the planet, which is what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, than to be than to choose. Right. Right. To be born into a family where you were powerless and to to be in a marriage where you were powerless again. And so so now I'm not powerless. Right. And I (laughs) I love that you had told me that, that you felt powerless as a child. And then again in the marriage and Mm -hmm. and that that actually was a good thing because it empowered you. Yes. It, it, It made you come out of there like. I'm I'm going to be a powerful woman. Yes. You know? Yes. And so th- that's great. Now somebody else might have continued to perpetuate that. Mm-hmm. And that's why and you that's coach the, people to yes. pull them out of that. So yeah. you've got to change the pattern. Yeah. Some people do, some people don't. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is what do you think is the difference? What is it that makes some people overcome their challenges and other people get wallowed up in them I think part of it is fear fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. um, you know not wanting to get hurt again so we go into that protective mode or you believing the lies that you're so damaged that you'll never get better believing that voice perceiving who you are a little tad bit of laziness yeah uh, where it does take some work to actually Mm -hmm. you have to started saying turn the TV off turn the Netflix off um, uh, turn the games off you know spend an hour a day doing something acting on your own behalf that mm-hmm. takes some work you don't feel like going for a walk go for a walk anyways you don't feel like uh, going on a on a healthy food plan go on it anyways anyway. so so it does take some work and some discipline to to make that choice would so, you say that when people do those things mm-hmm. uh, write down their gratitude take the walk uh, take the action toward what it is they want to be doing consistently uh, and and do those things that they don't feel like doing yes that the beauty of it is when they start doing it they feel so good and so high and so happy that it's so worth yeah Yeah. putting in that little effort It's, it's called esteem for esteemable acts Mm-hmm. If you feel like shiitake and you are acting in a way that feeds your shiitake, mm-hmm. then you should feel like shiitake. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel like a piece of shiitake yeah. and you're doing things and making choices that are not good for you, right. are not about loving yourself, right. then yeah, you're going to feel like that. Yes. But when you choose and begin to do little bit, 15 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. things that you know are acting on your own behalf, mm-hmm. you will feel good about that. And that, again, then further fuels that feel good, feel good, feel good. So you're picking better feeling thoughts. You're choosing better feeling actions. And you also put on a uh, yearly uh, and. Uh, Retreat? Retreat. Yes, in, in Sedona, Sedona right? I also do four times a year. I do balance on the beach as well. Oh. So the next one is July 15th in the Venice Beach area. So if please go to my website and you can uh, reserve your healing mat there. And, and I teach Dr. Tai Chi. Uh-huh. Dr. Marissa dot TV. Dot TV. Yes. Dr. Marissa the dot or TV. The number four balance dot org okay. is also the same website. And you can also go to YouTube and uh, subscribe on Dr. Marissa. Yeah. I've got uh, a new series, the Red Carpet series, where I got to inter- uh, interview Halle Berry, Quincy Jones, John Travolta. Uh, I just got my first photo credit on Forbes magazine for an interview team that I was part of at the Secret Knox of Ed Snowden, which was 
a very oh interesting gosh. interview. Dr. Marissa, and, uh, why don't you do a few things? <laughs> <laughs> I know you told me you're a Leo on Leo on Leo, Leo on Leo. Yeah, so that would explain a lot. Leo. Yeah, yeah. I juice my life. I juice every single possible. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, squeeze it. it like a lemon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Take your take your black bananas and make banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yes. Well, you are certainly doing it. Uh, you know, keep you. just doing the amazing work. I know you're changing a lot yeah, of yeah. lives and giving back and making a difference. And uh, I always love to have women on that are paying it forward. And you're Thank doing you. just that. Thank you. Yeah. I'll teach you a little Chinese. This is uh, the fighting hand in Tai Chi. I teach balance Tai Chi Gong. Okay. So you close the fighting hand to show you come in peace. You hold the peace, put it at your heart chakra and say, Xie Xie. Which, xie is, xie. which is the Chinese namaste. Xie xie for having me on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> namaste and xie xie. Yes. Did I say it right? Xie xie. Xie xie. xie, xie. xie, xie. Very good. <laughs> yeah, we've got to be really careful. It sounds like something else there. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Marissa. Yes. And we will be right back with Mimi Donaldson. Peace in. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. are back with Mimi Donaldson. Hi, Mimi. How are you? Hi, Catherine. Great. Good. Awesome. Um, I'm just going to move this down a little bit. Okay. Um, you are a world-renowned speaker. You have quite a Thank background. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I'm so happy our, our paths have crossed. Um, I want to share with people, because I think that women learning to uh, speak uh, is so important and I know that you're a great speech coach as yes. well as you know you have spoken all over the world and uh, you bring something special to the table that helps women learn to do speaking yes because they have to answer that question yeah what do you do yeah so they have to have an answer they, they have, have to have words they have to have a concise answer and an, and, and an interesting answer interesting, right yes. it's like you know even if you're selling shoes it's got to be you know, said in a way, especially if you're selling <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to talk about uh, wh where you're from. I know you were born in Chicago, right? I was. Yeah. So how did you make your journey here to Los Angeles? Like, what was that path? Huh. <laughs> well, it was by way of New York City. Okay. Because I got my graduate school degree there in, at Columbia. And I met my best friend there, uh -huh. and she moved to L.A. Okay. And I thought, what a great idea. Yeah. So Sounds exciting, right? That's, that's what, what I, I thought. Did. I thought in, I'd come for a year. That was 11 years ago. Yes, in 79 yeah. I moved. Yeah. So I pick, consider myself a native. Yeah. 
So you had like a great upbringing. You told me your parents were like I cast did. from central casting. They were from central <laughs> casting. You know, I always say you're dealt certain aces in your hand. Yeah. And I was not tall and thin, but I did have fabulous parents. Right. And I always wanted to That's be tall That's me and too. Thin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we're, very, we're both very short. And they were just amazing. Dad was a doctor. Mom was an ex-teacher homemaker and their first priority was being parents and then secondly husband and wife and thirdly their careers but it's different now yeah it doesn't happen that way right yeah what do you think about that I can't really talk to that because I never yeah. had children of my own yeah because I thought if I can't be if they can't be the star of my life mm -hmm. for at least 20 years which I didn't I yeah, wanted to be the star. I wasn't yeah. seeing that. Yeah. So then I thought, if I can't do it like my parents, right. I don't want to do it. Right. At all. So, I see here you grew up in a small town in Peoria. Peoria. We you moved were cheerleader in eighth grade. Oh, that was a shock. Yeah. From Chicago <laughs> to Peoria, <laughs> and I had a Chicago accent oh. in Peoria. It was. I bet that went over well. <laughs> yes, it didn't. Especially at that age. I was such yeah. an outsider, but yeah. everybody has that outsider experience. Right, but you were and a cheerleader, I, so that kind of made you an well, insider. Well, Mom yeah. said, if you can't join them, beat them. <laughs> so I had the leads in the plays, and senior year, I finally made the cheerleading squad after trying out for three years in a row. Wow. But I and, finally did it. And I know that the stage was your love. Oh, I was going to be a Broadway star. I was a triple threat singer, actor, dancer, and I got. I went to London to drama school after college. Yeah. I mean, I really did it right, and I came back to New York yeah. City, and I did one audition. I thought, no, this is not good. Yeah. For but me, what, that but it wasn't quite that way, right? I love your story. <laughs> this audition story. Yeah. You had this like big dreams of you coming want me to Broadway, to tell you that? and oh yeah. my gosh! All right, the audition story. I don't know if it's any in any of my books, but I was right out of London. I yeah. still had my little inflection, my London accent. And the guy said, take off your clothes. And I said, what? <laughs> you must be joking. <laughs> you must be put up by one of my drama school buddies. <laughs> and he said, no, don't you know the show? It was 1971. And I said, no. And he said, it's Oh Calcutta, <laughs> which was a nudie show. Right, right. And you had to be nude. Right. And I said, no, I possibly. <laughs> I did Shakespeare and Moliere. And I ro I just turned and fled because I was, tears were running down my face. Right. And it was the first time I saw the dirt and the Times Square and on the right. steps. Right. And I thought, I have to be a waitress or a secretary and go to auditions? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And I don't remember uh, New York when it was like that, but I do remember... I would have people come visit me in New York. This is even many years after you were there, uh, I'm sure, uh, because it was just like in 2000. And mm. people would say, oh, the streets are dirty or whatever. And I'd be like, they are? No. I, I didn't even notice because I love it. this city. I you love know? New York so I much. I love New York. <laughs> no, yeah. New York is the city of my soul. Yeah. L.A. is my home. Yeah. I would never leave. Yes, That's L.A. Wonderful. is awesome. They're, they're both amazing in their own way. In I, you their know, people own ask way. me, do you like New York or L.A.? Because I've lived in both. Me too. I honestly love both. I honestly think they're unique in their own different ways, and they're beautiful in their own different ways. I also lived in uh, D.C. and Miami. I love those, too. Ah, I'm a yes. city girl. You know. I lived in London. 
New York. Did you like London? I loved it. You loved but it. But it's like New York in that you don't go there for the weather. Yes. You live here for the weather. Yeah. You go there for the theater. Yeah. And the culture. Yeah, I think people walking. in L.A. say, how could you live in New York? The weather's terrible. Oh. And I think, well, there's more to it than weather. Well, you don't live there for the weather. <laughs> right. And when I moved yeah. out here, I actually felt semi-retired. Yeah. You don't work as hard. Right. Or it's, as it's, many hours. It's like more casual and laid back. And the sun yeah. is shining and there are parking lots. Yeah. That are free. Yeah. When you pull up to somewhere. Yeah. You, you must know. you must live in the valley. Cause no, I live in, in the city. Oh, I was going to say, oh, there's parking in Marina, there's but in, in, the, in the city, I got to tell you, there's no parking. I know. I, I had to laugh when I, I told my friends on the East Coast when I moved here. I go, you're not going to believe this. There's a valet at the IHOP because there's <gasps> no parking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. a good. But you know, in New York, I never even LA had a car. Thing. I walked to everything. Me neither. Yeah, no one has a car. Yeah. In New York. But let's talk about, so you had these um, challenging times in, um, you know, just, you know, starting over in new uh, new cities and Always stuff. new city where yeah. I didn't know anyone. Yeah. But the biggest challenge I've had, which is a lot of your listeners and viewers, is that I was the first woman of something. Right. You know, like there were no women until then I was the first woman. And right. at, I was thinking about this show today. Because you trained, you trained male managers yes. in corporations. In human resources. Yes. I was right. at Northrop Disney and Rockwell. All men, 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 men. Then I started being a keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. And I remember this so much today thinking of the show. But my biggest challenge was this guy looks in my face and he goes, well, you're the first female keynote speaker we've ever had. So... I don't think they're going to like you very much. Oh, my gosh. And there were 1,200 guys. I think it was the National Association of Life Underwriters. I think it was underwriters. And I thought, oh, and my heart started to beat. It was the only time I was ever really nervous up till then. Right. Because I was the first woman. And after that, it was like a lot of those times. And I bet you brought down the house. They loved it. Thank goodness for my guys at Rockwell and Northrop right. who had taught me how to speak to men. Right. And is that a real thing that you teach women how to speak to men because it is a different, it is a different delivery and approach? Nowadays, not so much. Okay. I mean, you and I are bottom line people. Mm -hmm. It's not a gender-based thing. Yeah. But back in the 80s, women tended to chat and tell big, long stories. Yeah. And men like the bottom line. And you and I, like we like the bottom yeah, line now. Right. Business women. So yeah. women came into business in the 80s, and they yeah. got their, the gender lines blurred. Mm -hmm. There are women who tell lots of stories with lots of words, who like to chat on the phone. I'm not one of them. Right, right. doesn't make me different. It's yeah. just we have more range now. Right, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, get me off the phone. But I do remember oh, being a teenager please. thinking I wanted to talk on the phone oh, for hours, you know. That was, yeah. yeah. Now no. it's just, please text me. Yes, please. Just, <laughs> what do you want? Why are you calling? What's the bottom line? I can't chat. <laughs> I do like in person, though. I like in person. I like in person. I like yeah. to have dinners or lunches. Yeah. But don't chat with me on the phone. Okay, we're going to lunch. We'll be right back. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to lunch. Well, uh, you know, I think it's interesting that you really uh, rose to the top in this male-dominated industry in a time when women weren't. Yes. And I think that's a wonderful story. And I love that my show got you to think about that road that you'd taken and, and kind of go back it through did. that journey. I've had people come on the show before saying, wow, I kind of forgot about everything I've done till I started to recall I know. all the achievements. Women, uh, 
they don't take as much credit as men do, I think, for all their milestones oh, and achievements. I, and yeah, I'm always telling women that your mom was wrong about a couple of things. One of them was never toot your own horn. Oh, Remember I don't believe that. Remember she told you that? Yeah. That was not true. Right. Because if you don't toot your horn. Then nobody knows what no you're doing knows. and giving you credit for it. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, women, uh, our culture uh, definitely uh, gives a short end of the stick to women as far as um, raising them in a way that most of them don't have self-confidence or, you know, that courage to walk through their fears or well, take risks. Well, it's the risks. apology thing. Yeah. It's the, I'm sorry. Well, you know, the Brits say sorry, sorry, sorry all the time. But when w women apologize for things and we preface things, we say, well, I'm not sure about this, but no, right. no. Yeah. One of the prerequisites to work with me as a speech coach yes. as in marketing is you have to be able to say, I am good without yeah. flinching. Right. Yeah. So if people say, are you Own good it. at what you do? You have to say yes. Yes. Without blinking or yeah. without saying, well... I've been told I'm good. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, what man would do that? Don't do that. Yeah, what man would say, I've been told I was good? Yeah, None of them. Yeah. Except maybe uh, when you're talking about sex or something. <laughs> oh, that's kind of good. I've been told well, I've I'm been good. I've been told I'm good. I like that's that. That's what a man would say it. That's what a man would say. <laughs> but, uh, but we digress. We digress. <laughs> so you help women um, who are starting businesses or are in business or even, you know, in the corporate world, you mm -hmm. help them be able to say to someone in 30, 60 seconds, uh, a, a tight and interesting, uh, what do you call it? Intro, um, like intro. a commercial, I call it. Right, ab about yourself. Yeah, because so that, you have to stand up at yeah, networking and, and You have to leave the, somebody saying, I want to meet that person. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I always say the words that should come out of your audience after you do your 30-second or 60-second commercial are, I think I need you. Mm -hmm. They need to come up to you and say, I think I need you. Those are the magic five words that allows you to invite them for a complimentary consulting call to see if we're a match. Right. That allows you to ask if you can send them some material. Mm -hmm. That allows you to ask if you can show them a sample or mm -hmm. give them a sample. Mm -hmm. it, now, some people might look at this as like being salesy. And let me, I want to uh, get that out of people's head because I think, if you're an interior designer, if you're uh, an entrepreneur who's designed an app, if you're someone who has uh, an accounting service, uh, you're probably uh, really good at what you do. It's right. probably your gift. Right. And there is nothing wrong with being able to tell people who you are in a in an engaging way yes. so that they can understand they really do need what it is that you yes, have. Yes, if they need it. If they need you it. You are ready to provide it. And right. the sentence I'm always telling women especially is sell is not a four-letter word. Mm -hmm. Sell is allowing people to have your product or service if they need it. If they need it, right. So the first thing out of your mouth needs to be their need. Right. Lead with their need. I, I always say, too, uh, with these networking things, Yeah. I think the wrong approach is that people will go around just handing out their card to everybody. And I always say, <sighs> give your wonderful pitch. If somebody needs what you have. Oh, they will say. They will come to you. Give me your card. You want to attract business, not pressure people for business, right? Am yes, I right? exactly. And I think that's what you do. You create that little sound bite that attracts the business. Yes. So that it comes easily without effort. Well, that's what the yeah. elevator pitch is. Yeah. Because you don't get 30 seconds in an elevator. Yeah. You get 
eight seconds, five right, seconds. Right. So if someone says, oh, what do you do? Because they saw your name tag because you're in an elevator at a convention or just they're bored. Mm -hmm. They say, what do you do? You have to engage. Right. So I always say in a very low tone, you can't do your 30 second. You can't go, well, my name's, no, you can't, you, you can't do that. You have to engage in a low tone and say, you know how some people hate speaking in front of a group? And they go, yeah, my sister-in-law. Yeah. And you go, well, I help with that. And they go, really? What do you do? And I say, I'm a speech coach. Oh, give me your card. Right. That's it. That's, That's the it. elevator pitch. Yeah. So it's a sentence that yes. gets them to go, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, Mimi. It's a need. That's it's a, a good need one. need that you fill. They say uh, public speaking is one of the greatest fears people have. Oh, it's number yeah. one. Yeah. Death is five. Yeah. That's yeah. why Seinfeld joke. And there's flying and there's snakes. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. You think flying My, is... Mine is snakes. Remember the Seinfeld yeah. joke? Yeah. That at a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy? Right, right. Because death is number five on <laughs> yeah, the list? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's wow. a joke, but it's true. Yeah. So yeah. they would rather die. Yeah. At Northrop, I got my taste of, of training guys to deliver engineering updates, but their knees were shaking underneath wow. their trousers. Wow. I always thought that was a myth, that your knees are knocking, you're so nervous. Yeah. No, no. Their trousers... You could see underneath the quiver. Oh my gosh! And what That's do you amazing. think it is that makes people nervous about public speaking? Do you ah. think it? I, I, do you think? I think I, for me, this is my yes. induction. What you tell me that? yours because you're the pro. I think it's caring so much about what other people think. It's is it, that part of it? It is. Yeah, it's caring about what other people think, but it's also care, which is the same thing as we don't caring, care what other people caring think. how you look. Yes, and caring how you're coming across. So the emphasis is on you yeah whereas here's how i say here's how to calm your nerves mm -hmm. it's not about you right it's about the audience right so it's you can you don't you have something they need and want well what do they yeah. need to hear what's the question mm -hmm. in their mind right now you're helping them yes that's the way i what look do at i it. need to answer for them mm -hmm. what is the question even if it's not about me mm -hmm. what is the question if i speak to the audience if i'm concerned about them that helps your nerves. Like when you say to somebody, you know how people get nervous about public speaking? Well, I help them with that. Yes. And you feel confident about that because you know you help them with that. Exactly. And it's something that people need and want. And so it's not about Mimi. It's about how do you help these people. Exactly. And so then you can feel good about delivering that. And if right? the attention, yes, but yeah. if the attention is off you mm -hmm. and onto them, you're less likely to be nervous. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. You're not concentrating on you. Yeah. It's about them. Yeah. So it's kind of an ego thing, isn't it? That it people, is an ego yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, people have to get outside their ego it's tough. and know that what they're doing or delivering is something that helps other people, whether it's their service, their product, their their advice. That's right. Whatever it is. That's right. Yeah. And I think you have to be other focused. What is the most interesting uh, speech that you've ever made to and to whom and how did it affect you? Is, oh, it, that's is there something hilarious. that pops is it <gasps> pop into what a your great mind? Question. Well, the one that to the life underwriters where you've never, I don't think yeah. they're going to like you. Yeah. But then also at the million dollar round table, this sticks out in my mind. That's um, all the insurance people who have sold a million plus that year. It's a big deal. And mm -hmm. every year they get to go to a different city and have a huge convention mm -hmm. called Million Dollar Roundtable. Wow. And for you to get on the main platform 
they call it, is a real honor. And so I had to pay my dues. I didn't really speak for them until 1995, and I had been in business since 84. Mm -hmm. So in 1995 at Toronto Convention Center, (laughs) 7,500 people in the audience. It had been my biggest audience thus far. It was men and their spouses. And I was doing Men and Women, Can We Talk, which is hilarious. It's like a stand-up routine. But so they are with their spouses, and I'm ready to go because I've done this speech many, many times, and I was confident that I was going to get laughs. But the guy, <laughs> guy comes up to me, takes my shoulders, and he looks me in the eye, the meeting planner, the big guy in charge of it, and he goes, Mimi, this is going to be the most important speech of your life. And I looked at him and went, <laughs> no, don't tell me that. I'm just, I'm going on now. I don't tell. Why he would said, he do that? Well, yeah. he was actually right. Oh, okay. He said, if you do well, you will have insurance companies wanting you to speak for them oh. because they're all out there. Right. 7,500 people. Wow. I remember I was terrified. I was shaking. Nobody saw it. Yeah. And I got over it quickly because I know how to do that a minute. Right. In, and how I got over it? Concentrating on the audience. Yeah. Making eye contact. Looking at somebody in the first row, which was very far away in the yes. convention center. Not happy about that. Right. That was, and, and probably knowing exactly what you wanted to get across. Oh, you have to have your beginning memorized. Yeah. You got those sound bites, and memorized. then you're on a roll. You're on. You're ready to go. Yeah, and you know what you want to accomplish. What information yes, and you want to get out there? Yes, step, yeah. and it, you have to do it a lot. Yes, it has to be like talking. Yes, but it has to be specific talking. It's not kind of like and acting, us. and and you had that. Oh, it's a background. Script. It yeah. It is. Oh, it's, and it's like acting when an actor knows their lines inside out that yes. they don't even have to think about it. Then they can own it, and it can be. Exactly. Roll off their tongue and be easy. But if they're struggling for the words, that's the same for a speechwriter. So and I speaking, tell them, yeah, you don't have to similar. memorize it word for word. Right. But you have to memorize it in thought groups. The just, like just if I it. say the justice of the peace story, your story, do you know what I'm talking about? Can mm-hmm. you just talk about that story? Give me that story. Right. And then I'll say, okay, there are some sentences in there that are so good, you have to say it exactly that way. Right. Because it's like a stand-up routine. Right. I was going to say, uh, and, and one of the reasons that makes you a great speaker is that you put comedy into your Oh, you have to. Into your speaking. Nowadays, everybody's very, it's the golden age of comedy. Just yes. like in the 80s when the improv and the comedy store. Yeah. Well, now we have online. Right. We have YouTube. All the great yeah. stand-ups are on YouTube. Yes. And we have a 24-7 comedy channel. Do you think it's important when you open a speech that you start with something comedy? Well, not really. Something comical. I don't. No. Okay. I think that's cheesy. But you just want to... Unless... I didn't know if it broke the ice. Oh, or... yeah. I did. I. It's always leading with the need mm-hmm. of the audience. Yes. So I was at this convention in uh, Vancouver a couple of years ago. It was very recent. And I was the last speaker on a three-day program. Oh, my gosh. That had and to be painful. I actually was there yeah. for two of those... For the last two days. I, I watched every keynoter, and I took notes because I wanted to recall yeah. some things because I was the final keynoter. So it was my ultimate challenge to, you know, write down stuff. And I came out there and I said, wow, three days of fabulousness and food. Have you ever seen so much food? <laughs> they laughed. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a gorgeous hotel. Yeah. Right. You know, five star, whatever, a hotel, four star. And it had breakfast huge buffet with yeah. eggs benedict and, and yeah. then they had a mid-morning 
tea break with yeah. coffee break and yeah. rolls and so every five minutes oh my gosh then it's like they being had on lunch. a cruise oh it was just <laughs> like it and then in the afternoon they had an ice cream break yeah. At three thirty, four o'clock. Oh my gosh! And then they had dinner. Oh, oh my gosh, was... that's funny. So that made them laugh. Have you ever uh, spoken on a cruise? Not yeah. really. I'm a kind of a seasick kind of person. Oh. I like <laughs> I like living on the edge of the sea, which right. I always do. Right. But I went on one cruise to a very short cruise to Mexico, yeah. and I spoke on the cruise. But I had to wear a patch for oh, my right. nausea and a brace, you know, a bracelet. And you can't drink anything, so what's the fun? No <laughs> you could <only> liquor. Eat. <laughs> yeah, no liquor with you. Wear a patch. You can't drink liquor. Right, it's against right. the scopolamine or whatever it's called. So uh, your most exciting uh, gig, uh, you think, was uh, the most recent with the Vancouver? Or? Well, exciting has to be women's conferences. Yes. I mean, yes, yes I did. You love empowering women. Oh, yes. man. 3,000 yeah. women a bunch of times. And 8,000, I was on the program with Gloria Stein, and one of my heroes. Oh, my gosh. How exciting. Oh, and she was a fellow keynoter. I've, I've keynoted with her three times. Wow. And had dinner with her twice. She so. is amazing. I saw yeah. her speak last year at UCLA. She's very nervous yeah. when she speaks. She's not. One time at, in Long Beach at the Women's Conference, I saw her press on the lectern so hard and her tension was coming through her arms and she actually lifted the lectern <laughs> really? this much off the floor and everyone in the first few rows went <gasps> like that <gasps> and then she went oh excuse me I'm so nervous <laughs> I put that in one of my books it was hilarious that's how nervous you can get yes let's uh, close with those three books that you've written oh uh, so sure I know you have pitch perfect Pitch Perfect is the yeah. newest one. Yes. Speak to grow your business in seven simple steps. And it's not just growing your business. It's how to speak up at a meeting. Right. If you're a corporate person. Because not everybody's going to be a speaker on no, a stage. No, no. So by public speaking and by needing coaching by you, we mean standing up at a, at a, a meeting, at a chamber meeting or a meeting of three or four people. You have to know how to speak. Or your board meeting yeah. or your, you know, your company meeting. Yeah. I think it's the number one thing that women need to learn is oh, how to publicly do. speak. It speak really will up. help uh, boost this revolution that we're going through of lifting women into more positions of influence. And the better they speak and the more they are comfortable they are with public speaking, I think the more women we will see at the decision-making table. I love that. Yeah. I agree with you completely. Yeah. So that's the most recent book. Yes. The, the next one down, the 2010 one, was called Necessary Roughness, New Rules for the Contact Sport of Life, and it was an ode to my favorite sport, football. And it was addressed to women because I taught assertiveness in the 80s and 90s. We know all that. But now it's time to get our knuckles in the dirt and really compete. Yes. We own multi-million dollar businesses now. It's time to oh, yeah. really we own the we have uh, to get entrepreneurial dirty. sector. Yes, we yeah. do. And what about uh, the first book? And the first book um, was Bless Your Stress. It means you're still oh. alive. Because I've taught stress management for years and years. And I put it all into this book, but bless your stress, it means you're still alive. And they can get your books uh, online? On my website or on Amazon. You can get it really cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, they're on Amazon and, and they're or on Mimi MimiDonaldson.com. MimiDonaldson.com. Aren't and, you the best? And they would love, to, uh, if they want to, you know, talk to you about coaching and learning how to yes. speak or do the perfect pitch, they yes. can either pick up the book or they can pick up the phone or email you and... 
and and have you help them do that. So yep. thank all you. All my contact information is on MimiDonaldson.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for empowering women thank to speak. Thank you, Catherine, so Appreciate much. that you share your talent with everybody, and you're just a great little ball of zesty energy. And uh, I love well, that you bring that to the table. Well, it takes one to know one little ball of zesty energy. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, thanks for being on, and thank you all for tuning in this week. We will see you next week at the same time, Wednesdays at noon here on UBN, as well as on YouTube, iHeart, iTunes, wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks so much. Hugs and happiness.